Welcome to the Boomtown podcast on creativity. My name is Angel Mao. I am your hostess for the mostess for this episode. And I am joined by two of the industry's shiniest, shiniest and brightest lights. <laughs> brightest lights, I think I should say. Uh, Gardner here on my left. Yo. And I've got Inja over here on my right via Zoom. How are you both doing this afternoon? Yep. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, just just got back off the first weekend of my tour, which I'm super excited about. And yeah, feeling good. Oh my goodness How are you? me. So yeah, I can, I can feel you. Yeah. So busy, busy touring, yeah. you know, but you're here now. We're just going to take it easy for the next hour. Oh, ask yeah. you some questions. And how about you, Inja? Sure. How are you doing today? Um, I'm very well. Um, I'm having, uh, today we have Inja from the bed um, because I'm just keeping it nice and relaxed for this beautiful Monday oh, as I'm yeah. in recovery from uh, a weekend worth of lovely shows. So, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I think we're all in recovery in one way or another. I ran a, a marathon, half marathon yesterday. So we're all in really good company. So don't you worry. But just a little bit more about this particular episode and what we're doing. So I'm just going to give you an, an outline. So this is the, the discussion into the role of narrative and how we tell a story through live events to convey a message, to inspire and educate an audience and ultimately support a cause. So we're gonna look into how story and a narrative can seriously evoke change and create solutions. Now, as I said, I've already um, introduced my lovely, lovely guests, but you're both known for your creative flair and for your lyrics that are inspired by real life stories. Um, you're both musicians in your own right and are known for carving out a unique niche in underground music. So my first question to you, I'm going to go to you, Inja. What does creativity mean to you and how do you express it? Well, I think um, you've, you've got like the question and the answer all in the same thing there, because for me personally, creativity is expression and it's any form of expression, any form of expression that makes you feel comfortable, that makes you feel like you um have the pent-up energy and that's not necessarily like a negative because pent-up can come across as a negative phrase but whenever you've got pent-up energy that you don't know where to put creativity and expression is where it gets to fly free and and you know creativity can be anything and everything um for me i it's it's normally all word-based so um, that's that's sort of where it comes from, but it's also got a lot to do with life experiences and personal feelings, and just you know, for me, writing um, is something that has been my therapeutic friend ever since I was a kid, and being able to write and finding finding the passion of writing is a place where I've always been able to let go of my stresses, uh, my feelings, my laws anything that anything that hasn't made me feel right I've been able to um, collect it on the page and then express it via music yeah right there that was that was a jolly good answer <laughs> and uh, sorry I've got the world squeakiest chair I'm going to keep still and not be too uh, over enthusiastic about the answers and the same to you Gardner I mean how what does creativity mean to you and how do you express it um, I mean, like, yeah, definitely express it through, through the means of writing music and like for me, uh, like it's mostly kind of, 
you know, I've, I find my best creative work comes with collaboration and, you know, working alongside like, you know, the amazing people in this scene, whether like, you know, whatever end of the spectrum of the, of this like kind of thing that we're involved with, you're a part of like, you know, we're all collectively doing this thing and creating together. And, you know, it's, it's amazing how, you know, working together, you know, like, uh, like has explos like explosions of like, you know, creativity and stuff like that. So yeah, man. And you can see that in the work that you guys do mm -hmm. and all these different collaborations and stuff and what you manage to build. It's not one single thing. It's like a tribe of you moving together to, you know, create this narrative. Well, to add to that, um, it's um, I think I think I got this phrase from a film. I can't remember the name of the film. It might have been like Stigmata or something like that from when I was a kid. But um, we are we are all spokes on a very big wheel and um, you know, we all play our part in helping the wheel turn. And we, we all have our individual spokes. And yeah, you know, it doesn't matter whether we're t together, individual or collaborating. We are all contributing to the process of keeping the wheels in motion when it comes to expression and art and this underground scene that we're all a part of. Mm. You know, and I know that sometimes so the scenes it. can be like family, can't they? You know, so you like your brothers and sisters and your aunts and aunties, you all learn and you grow mm. together. So talking about your your craft, um, you know, and you you've both touched it a little bit, but I just want to unpick it a little bit more. So where, especially for you, Gardner, you were saying that your inspiration also comes from the people around you. Yeah. So do you either, do you think that creativity is something that you're born with? Or is it something that you learn to do? And I'm going to take give that one to you, Gardner. What do you think? I mean, like, I don't. I feel like people won't be able to remember if they're creative from birth. But I definitely feel like you know your upbringing and stuff will help you creatively. Um, like, you know, I always from the from the moment I realised I wanted to like you know write write music and stuff. It was all just kind of like just based on like what was happening around me, and I guess that was from at that age what was happening at home or you know like what was happening with the girl I fancied or you know what I mean like just writing writing whatever the experiences around you I guess but um yeah for sure like yeah. yeah that's that for me yeah and what do you think Inge is this something that you're born with or you can you accrue it like points as you move along well this is the age-old question nature <laughs> or nurture how does it all come about now to add to what Gardner said um there's definitely there's definitely something about being young and wanting to um impress whether it's your peers your family um because because you want to impress to be accepted as part of a group so so that that is that is essentially um the nature because that's what we all do as humans you know we see a tribe and we feel like we want to be a part of that tribe or we are a part of that tribe but we want to we want to you know let our presence be known so that can be the nature side of it the nurture side of it is well I really enjoyed listening to music and the more music I would listen to the more I would know um, every key change, I would know every word. I, I wouldn't necessarily know the technical side of these things, but I would I would take on um, 
uh, you know, all of these influences uh, to where it got to the point where, you know, I could, people would ask me, sing that song, rap that song, do that one. And I'd be like, and these are all other people's musics. Um, and I would be able to instantly be able to relay them. So that's the nurture. And then when you add all that together, and then we all have our own um, individuality um, and we have our own experiences that we can then lean on and lend off to, to, to then move forward in this. I think that's where it all comes together. So I don't think you could split up the nature or nurture when it comes to these things, because I think they both have an amazing um, contribution as well as contribution to it it's you know if you are one of them kids who are lucky enough to have parents or family members who are musicians who who do something not necessarily musicians but who are artists who do things in a creative manner it could just be you know you loved how your family presented your dinner towards you because they always done it in a creative way that always made you smile and regardless of what was on the plate you'd give it a try creativity is in everything mm -hmm. yeah that's a really really good point it's all but depending on whether you can open your eyes wide enough to see it <laughs> it is yeah you know because then because then you've got teachers some of the best teachers that think that might think they're rubbish teachers they're constantly trying to engage people and they're trying new ways and that's the same with everything like you know, it's it's just it's the same with everything. When when we move out of the the educational um, circumstances, it's exactly the same in in like a nine to five job. Like you want to keep your job, you've got to tr keep on trying to do like you know what I mean. You've got to keep on trying to raise the bar in in like these slight tiny ways that might be a bit different to the person that had the job before you, but you want to keep your job for longer. Like creativity is something that's there. It's just like you say, if you step if you step back and you open your eyes wide enough, then you'll be able to see. But then it's all subjective, isn't it? Yeah, and what you do with it, what you choose to do with it. And this is, that's the ultimate thing, isn't it? I imagine, um, Gardner, you probably come from a fairly creative background. Any family members or are you just like... I mean, like... The rogue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say probably the rogue, but, you know, like they... they they have their ways of like express, expressing like, you know, they're, they're not like, they're not musicians or artists as such, but you know, dad's an avid record collector mm. and you know, mom, like they're just heavily into music, you know, and like, you know, they're taking me to festivals like Glastonbury since a very like young age. And I guess that's where you find out like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and we grew up not too far away from there. So it's just like, that's, it's just, it's just like, that was the thing to do, you know, as a kid. So, but yeah, like I've got a lot to thank them for realistically, cause you know, they pushed a lot of that kind of stuff onto me. Not, not pushed, but like, you know, I was around that. So it's just like, yeah. Got a, good and now, now it's kind of like been a bit of a 360 because my dad's like, he's DJing all the time now. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, he's slinging down, he's slinging down the, the reggae down at Cozy's regularly, oh, or the Fat Stash Boys. Yeah, so, really? yeah, man. So yeah, he's like, he's, yeah, he's on it. And he's got a radio show now as well, man. But, you know, so yeah, I guess like, it's kind of a bit of a 360. I kind of like maybe pushed it onto him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, so wait there, wait there. So, so they took you to all of these things yeah. when you were a kid and then you saw all these stages which you're now 
eventually getting on mm -hmm. and then through them taking you to these things to seeing you on these stages that's then turned around and then inspired your dad who always had the big record collection yeah to get an even bigger record collection yeah, that's and now it. you're seeing pups out on nights where you're like oh right I don't know what to do tonight. I'm a bit tired. Yeah. Oh God, my dad's playing outside. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, why not? Like, yeah. That's that's amazing. That's and that's it, like, you know, you say they're not artists, they're mm. rare, rare, rare in whatever way, shape, or form, but they have vibes and they have energy for expression. Uh-huh. Yeah, amen 100%. to that. I like that. I'm definitely gonna go and check out your pops down at Cozy's. <laughs> so back to kind of I guess your own craft. So this whole episode is around storylines so and I wonder if that was quite a strange concept to consider your music and your performance and creativity as storylines is there anything that you thought of in I'm going to get you to take this one first so like what does storyline mean to you and your music if anything everything has a story mm. everyone has a story every moment can be a story there's a story everywhere all of uh, all of not all of them but pretty much 99% 99.9% 9 .9 of my material all comes from a story whether it's something that briefly inspired me um to something that's had a major impact on me like you know even even the person that thinks they have nothing to say everyone has a story yeah and and i think you know um uh, it's one of the things that I've always loved um, about just life in general. It's just hearing stories and just hearing people's. You know, I was I was I was away this weekend, and um, I was with I was with one an absolute don and an absolute legend, and we were just walking along, and some of the things that he was telling me, just of the reminders of like he was like, oh yeah yeah I've walked into this room and then I was like oh my god yeah I'm back here and he's telling me all these stories and literally I'm pissing my pants with laughter <laughs> yeah because he's absolutely killing it and like it's like what's so funny I was just like bruv because yeah. I bet you've got millions of these stories yeah. and like I'm I'm you've got me I'm hook line and sink of me I was, like, I was like you have got me I am baited I am here with open ears like just carry on talking and he's looking at me like you're weird and I'm like no but you've got so much interesting stuff to say but then relating that to uh my writing and my music yeah you know I think the main underline of the story that I want to give is to is to try and uplift people and just to let them know that regardless of how you feel and what places and what part of life you find yourself in you are fundamentally in control of your own narrative and that is the biggest story to it all you know regardless of like you know whether the boss has come down on your head like wrench due everything's going on like you're stressed out pulling your hair out got a rash on your skin because of the stress it's like that's all part of the story and but you are in control of that narrative regardless of sometimes how much you feel you're not in control and you can put your foot down and change things yeah and i think that's what i like to do with my writing yeah and is it a similar case for you garden in terms of when you're writing i was just thinking of your last album good time not a long time it felt like there was a real like strong mm -hmm. narrative through that is that is that how you experience it, was it um like i guess yeah all, all of the writing is kind of just based upon like you know the journey so far really like you know 
like with all different topics of just life and just just general stuff that's going on through my eyes, you know. So, um, yeah, and I guess like I'm always, in terms of storyline, I'm always just trying to push things forward, you know. So it's just like, how can I be to put out one better than the last thing and just mm. how, what's the next step? How am I going to keep it moving? I'm always like kind of trying not to stay in the same place musically um, and just trying to keep things fresh for myself and, you know, that's, part of the like ever-growing storyline I guess and then you you have like you know when when it's over which I don't know when it's going to be <laughs> but like you know you have all this stuff to look back on and you'd be like oh that was this stage of my life yeah. and that was this era where I was writing this kind of style of music I guess but um yeah just just building the portfolio always you know um you keep writing your own story basically isn't it oh absolutely and I think maybe that's why so many people relate to what you guys do because it is observational and nine times out of ten somebody would have experienced something similar and you can connect to the lyrics and gonna go back to your track what's up that came out during a lockdown that tune was big what it was saying and you know a track could be a storyline in and of itself and that and with that one the message that i that i felt was like just checking in on people just yeah, seeing exactly. if you're okay and that was big tune to listen to at that time when everyone was like mm -hmm. freaking out. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I like, you know, I saw, I read, I read something somewhere and they just really reached, reached out to me to kind of like check in on your mates thing. And I was just like, yeah, I need to write, write about this. And like, you know, cause it was at a time where like, you know, a lot of us hadn't seen our mates in such a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it feels weird now. It feels like it kind of didn't even happen. Yeah, but it's, it's a distant like, dream. Yeah, but like, yeah, it was, it was such a, relevant topic at the time you know everyone mm. was struggling and you know just I thought I thought putting that down in music form like check in on your mates check in on your gang check in your mum your nan your grand whatever like it says <laughs> but like you know it, it it meant it meant it meant something to me to try and put something out at that time and just like reach out to everyone you know let everyone know everything's all good and I know Inja did a lot of that as well you know his, his videos got a lot of people through the lockdown and stuff man so yeah, man. It's uh, it was just a way. It's just a way to reach out, you know. Again, creatively, creatively to our audiences and stuff, and just like you know, try and find some positives out of the, like yes. kind of negative time that it was, you know. And that's really important to find the positives in everything. And yeah, so yeah, Indra, tell us about you know that that experience of creating those using sort of audio visuals to tell a story narrative over lockdowns. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, I don't really know how it works. I just turn on my camera and say stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally like there is never yeah. there is never a plan. There is never a narrative. But what I do know is um, as much as sometimes we feel as alone and we feel as on our own as we can, we are never the only ones. Mm. It's just that we can we can talk ourselves into feeling that we are always the only one. And actually, I think that, that that's that's just my that's it, inclusion. Mm. Inclusion is one of the things that I um, try to persist with. Is because mainly because there are lots of us that go through times where we think we are the only one, mm. and it's only 
through inclusion and through opening up and talking to people and uh, maybe sometimes softening the first step so other people can make that step to realize that actually oh yeah I'm going through that as well or I'm going through something very similar and I'm not on my own and I thought I was the only one feeling like this but I'm not so I think inclusion man like you know and also it was it was my way of communicating with the world like at that time my phone was going off like the clappers I was ringing loads of people checking on loads of people I had loads of people ringing me there was all sorts of stuff going on and and um you know the whole the whole video thing that I've had um, it came that that I do that I have whatever. Um, it came from me being in not a very nice place, and I was just making videos for myself before I started sharing them, just to remind myself, like remind myself, like you know, like yeah, regardless of what's going on, like it's down to you in it. And then I showed one of my friends and a family member, and they were like, "You should share these." Mm. And I was like, "Really?" And they were like, "Yeah, man, you should share them." And I was like, you reckon? And they were like, yeah, because like you're saying, you're not the only one. And like, that's, yeah, that's how it all comes. So I think mainly just inclusion. This is why I do a, I do a lot of the things that I do and I say the things that I do is because, you know, we are, we are there are generations out there that um, feel disconnected, that feel discontent, that feel like we don't belong and that's not just down to an individual thinking that's a collective thinking because we are in a really strange place like um just in these times in these in these moments what we're all living through these things no one's got any data or any background work on what it's like to live through these kind of moments so unless unless we all can realize that we're all living through this together and try and connect with each other to support each other and to make everyone feel inclusive as much as we can then there's no other way to do that and through through the music and through the network of friends and people that we're all involved with um underground music has always been a place where um all of the underdogs all of the people that have been left by society or where mm. the people that society like you know that we don't fit in any of the normal boxes oh. i did never wanted to fit in one of them boxes <laughs> like i don't like them boxes i walk past them pigeonholes and i'm like oh they look rubbish that doesn't look comfortable like but i'm not the only one that thinks that because we're all collectively in that yeah we want to ask we're talking about creativity we're talking about storyline but what would be really interesting to know is how you broke into the music industry India how, how was it for you well uh how was it for me very difficult very hard very lonely um what I would say is I think the only reason why I am here doing what I do and the main reason why is because I am persistent and all of the setbacks that I've had, because I've had lots of them, you know, I've worked with, I've worked with big labels. I've, I've, I've um, done various writings for um, publishing companies and all the rest of it. And it, and it felt like for a very long time, I was on the cusp of, oh my God, maybe I'll get my dream job of working in music. And I think all of them, 
all of them went away and nothing ever really came from them. And I think it was just my persistence. And to tell you the truth, probably my own personal vibe. Like I always turned up on time. I was always polite and just nice to people. And I think that is partly why I managed to get the bookings and get into the places that I got into, just because they were like, he's all right, go on, we can let him in. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably a pain in the ass because I was relentless and I was always like turning up, but because I was happy and smiley and I didn't I don't I think I think you the main the main reason I managed to get in and how I managed to get in is because I don't care about rejection yeah we get rejected all the time every day for everything whether we realize it or not and I just didn't care and I love music so much that I just have consistently kept on making music and yeah um, I don't care about rejection and I'm relentless and I don't care if people like what I do or not. I like what I do. It makes me happy when I write and I can a hundred percent back that and that, and you know, uh, also the ripple effect of that is, you know, one of the main reasons why I get to do what I do in the way that I do it is, um, a guy from Bristol, um who's like you know a bit of a legend but he's become one of my really good friends and that's a guy called DJ Die um I've worked with loads of DJs and producers over the years and loads of the DJs would do sets you know in these places where I managed to get a set or like you know they needed someone to fill in because they didn't want to pay the wages of people like you know they'd be like oh yeah Inge can you help us out I'd help people out um, I worked with loads of DJs that were always like, oh my God, that was really fun. Take my number. I'm, I'm always looking for an MC and rah, rah, rah. DJ Dai was the first one that ever rung me back. All of them were like, yeah, don't worry. I'll give you a call in the next couple of weeks. I've got some shows I'd love to bring you to. DJ Dai rung me back the following week and was like, bruv, I need you to come to this show with me this weekend. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And, um, you know, I found we found each other and I think it was also a ripple effect of rolling around with an absolute legend where I think other people were like oh well yeah we've we've seen that guy around for a bit maybe we should like do something with him because he's working with DJ Die and loads of people look up to DJ Die whether he realizes it or not like he makes frequencies across the board that inspire that get played like you know like he's got frequencies out there that you can play to people that were not even can weren't even born at the time and they completely freak out to it like the man's got the flipping like he's got the juice Shout it comes to to that. and i think you know he's a massive part of how and why i am here doing what i'm doing and he will agree that i am relentless and my energy's are felt so yeah that's some really good advice in there as well as part of um, sharing your story and big ups to DJ Die. yes I've been, yeah. <laughs> been around that man's talent for a seriously long time so I know exactly what you're talking about um, and Gardner so what was the what was your experience entering the music industry how was it for you um, yeah I mean like I definitely would completely agree with what Inja said like the whole persistence thing like I was relentless in, in my early days and still I'm now I still still on everyone every day like let's go let's go let's go but um yeah like you know from a kid being at school like just making mixtapes and selling them for a quid and just up until you know get 
being old enough to go to raves and I was, remember I had my brother's passport, like he was 18 and I was 16 and it had the side clipped off it and you know, all of that, but uh, still managed to get our way into the raves. And then, you know, I was playing at those till I was about 18 and uh, like, I remember the, on my 18th birthday, like letting everyone know it's my 18th birthday. I'm like, what, you've been here for two years now? And he's like, what's going on, man? Like, and then, uh, yeah, so that happens. And then, you know, just, Persistence and meeting people at shows, like, you know, when I was at shows, I was always doing, like, as, as in show as well, like, just meeting people and turning up on time and being safe, like, just turn up and, you know, we should, me and in show a lot of the same, like, friends and probably just DJs who we work with as well, you know, and they're just, you know, doing those shows. I remember being on the same stage at Inja many moons ago at the sicker stage and stuff, you know, and seeing you guys, you know, probably headlining those days and be like, this is, this is real, man, and, like, doing doing that, those kind of shows for a while. And, you know, I think there was a real breaking point in my career when I met, um, like, Brad from The Next Men. Like, um, we made some demos, um, and then I wrote three verses, um, and then the next day he sent me back a chorus on it from Gentleman's Dub Club, and all the, like, horn section and all the instrumentations, and that's how Rude Boy was made. And I was just like, oh my God, like, this is how, this is how you're rolling. Like, that was like 24 hour turnaround, and, you know, that tune, probably was the tune that kind of like bust me a bit further and wider and you know there's been some real good moments of that song especially at Boontown I remember like you know we got to play it on the Lion's Den and it was like one of the Jeez. I was like the best that was the best probably the best moment live I've ever had in my career like I had like messages of like six of my friends saying I'm, I'm crying oh. <laughs> um, it was an emotional day the sun came out it was raining and the sun came out for that song and just like you know um, you know yeah I've got a lot to thank that man for, you know. Uh, so I've got, I got loads of people I could big up along the way, like people like Adam Asbo Disco and, you know, enough people, man, like Creed, like all these people that, like behind the scenes, like, you know, really helping push people forward. And, you know, I guess we all do that in our own way to, yeah. to enough, enough people, enough artists, we all help out each other, really. But, like, yeah. And is there any advice that you would give to someone, I guess, that old question? getting into the game. <laughs> like. Yeah, just, just, just keep just keep networking and keep yeah. showing up to the dances and showing your support for, you know, how if people you think who have made it, they still need your support. They still need the shares. They still need the love. And, you know, the way it's the way that, you know, things are working now, everything's online. And, you know, just, you know, keep, keep making links online, keep turning up to dances and meeting people and stuff like in person, because that's really important as well. Um, just, yeah, just, just keep at it, keep writing, be relentless, like. <laughs> yeah, get that little t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be no, no, you've got to, you've got yeah, to, man. And like, true. you know, I remember seeing Gardner and like, like he said, you know, it's probably around the sickest stages and stuff like that. And I remember this, this, this like young man approaching me being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to jump on a tune. And we'd definitely spoken like, you know, give it a little spud, like and big ups here and there. And he was like, oh, bro, I'd love to get you on a tune. And I was just like, of course, like when the times, when the time comes, like, let's do it. Like, you know, and I think that's also something as well. Um, uh, sharing, sharing and opening up yourself to, to other people and experiences because, you know, like, like I always thought Gardner was sick and I loved his energy. And when he turned around to me and was like, yeah, do you want to jump on a tune? I was like, hell yeah. Because like I'd seen this, this young man about the place and he was about, and I was like, he's got vibes. 
Like my man is on vibes and that's what I'm on. So of course, let's do the thing, innit? Like, so, you know, I think just, just, yeah, just finding, finding the right like-minded individuals. And, you know, I think it comes back to something that I said at the beginning of, of this whole thing is, um, you know, we are, we are all, we are all energies and it's all finding the right energies and the right people. And we are all spokes on a massive wheel. And like, you know, it doesn't matter if the spokes intertangle or the spokes stand by themselves. We're all needed as part of the wheel to help it turn. Yes, amen to that. And very well said. I like that. Like attracts yeah. like after all. And I suppose <laughs> that's what you experience with your cruise. It's just like a massive magnet of positivity yeah. just keep drawing more and more and more and more people like into your tribe. There's definitely many a times where I've said things that definitely that have the audience on side through things that I've recorded um and released but i think the main thing is when i'm actually like in the process of doing it it's how it makes me feel like i don't really do anything for anyone other than making myself feel uh, an emotion i can't tell you what emotion at what time but like you know everything is for me there's always an emotion behind it somewhere along the lines and so when I'm writing, I remember I was writing something last week and, you know, it was just another reminder to myself of, oh yeah, this is one of the reasons why I like doing this, excuse me. But I was writing away and um, all of a sudden I just found myself pissing my pants with laughter because of what I was writing, <laughs> like, which, which happens with me quite a lot. I'll be busy writing away and I'm like, you know, I don't know whether I'm laughing because it's good or because it's rubbish or because I think that uh, the producer or whoever's a part of it might enjoy it or might not, but it's it it gives me a feeling. And I think more than anything, if, if something gives me a feeling, then, then that's where I'm happy and that's where I can then go forth and put it out. It doesn't necessarily matter what feeling, um, but on the subject of like reactions and stuff like that, I mean, one of the most recent ones that, I, that I've been really enjoying, and I remember from the very first time I played it out, um, I made a, I put out a song called Not Broken at the beginning of the year. Um, and the chorus is, very simple but it's you can't love until you learn to love yourself and I remember the first time playing that out and even still to now every time I play it out and like I can get the whole audience singing it but singing it with meaning and which it invokes crazy emotions in me because it's just like I'm like oh my god right so I wrote this like from whatever point of emotions that I was feeling and now I've got all these other people feeling an emotion from it singing it back to me and it's like it's cranking up the emotion shaft inside me like crazy and like my head's going like oh my god like they get it I get it we all get it none of us are broken or we might think we're broken but we're actually Actually not because you know it takes a lot to to really break someone but just yeah just to just just to have people feeling um a similar feeling and just going back to that factor of, and that underlining of we're not alone and we're not the only ones mm -hmm. and there's something about a pack mentality which is what we get when we get people congregating together um we get an amazing pack mentality of just of of we're all at one yeah and that's what this is about, I suppose, this episode is looking at the way that we can use storytelling and narrative through the pack mentality for a positive use, for a positive force for change, really, you know, and getting people to sing about the fact that they're, they're, they're 
not broken or they'd have to love themselves and that that's really powerful stuff and and I was thinking it's in terms of um, when you're writing music and you're performing it how important is it that you have like a narrative that does reflect that what life is like or that is positive because you could sing about anything you could be singing about twerking on top of a Cadillac with whatever <laughs> and there's a lot of people that do that and they do that very well I feel like you guys have decided to take a slightly different route. So, Gardner, I'm going to throw this one back to you about how important is it that you have those kinds of positive or conscious storylines in your music? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's definitely important to me to be, like, talking about stuff that I know and stuff that's me, you know. I feel like in, in previous years, maybe younger years of my life, I was definitely trying to just, like, just just make music and like you know maybe make it sound like you know like something that I wanted to be um yeah. but like you know realistically as you know growing up doing music you realize it's that's not going to last forever you know and I think all young musicians will probably go through that at some point you know when they're trying to create and you know find who they are musically and mm -hmm. themselves you go through periods where you know you, you just try you just trying things out and that's why I think, like, for me now, uh, it's just more important than ever to write about stuff that you know, and that's general, just, like, self-experience and just, like, what's going on around us. And, you know, like, and you can, you, can, you can tell that story, your own story, over any, like, for me, like, I don't like sticking around in one place, like, like for too long musically, and I'm, like, it's all about express, I can express those feelings or like via the, via the music sometimes, you know, like by picking, you know, each, like by picking instrumentals from all over the world, wherever, like whatever style, you know, and that's how, but like still talking about what I know and what's my own truth over the top of that. And yeah. Does it change, say for example, if you're doing like some lyrics for a drum and bass track, will the content change depending on the genre of music or does it, does it just whatever feels good to you? Um, yeah, like, I guess, like, so it'll, like, you know, say, for instance, there's, like, a drum and bass track, it'll, for me, express, like, a certain type of energy, which mm. we're, like, you know, I'm, like, how's this going to land in the rave, as opposed to, like, you know, if I was writing over something, maybe a bit more like a hip-hop track or whatever, I might try and write more consciously or, like, more, like you know, from the heart, because <laughs> I, like... I often think like how much do people like take in the lyrics like it like if you're doing like a really late set but yeah, like yeah. you know always yeah always trying to write out of what I know and you know try and make it work somehow but sometimes you have just got to come and write something really simple and catchy yeah. which everyone you know will sing back to you and just like mm. you know but yeah just got to keep 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 finding that you know. Yeah keep finding that inspiration and, and Inja you know same question about the inspiration in your narrative, how important is it to use your platform for, as a force for good, if you choose to do so, which I think you do. <laughs> um, well, I think that is that is that is everyone's personal choice. Uh, you know, um, we all make it, we all ascend, we all essentially make our um, extensions of ourselves, which are these platforms. And then it's it's what you want to express and, it, and it's the narrative that you want to take with that. And, you know, um, one thing that I have to definitely underline Gardner for, which hasn't been underlined in this, is 
I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. yeah? And <laughs> none of us are here for a long time. Mm. Like, so let's try and have as much good and let's try and like enjoy ourselves, mm. man. Like enjoy ourselves, be with the people that we love, like share, let everyone know if someone ain't feeling right, then like we can help lift them up a little bit. Or when you're not feeling right, like, you know, like you press play and we can help lift you up a little bit because no one's time is 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 given no one knows exactly what we're going to be here for so like the the least we can do is try and smile and enjoy it as much as we can and that's where i think you know creativity and the narrative of everything that we've got here is that's where it really comes to um to flower and it really starts to um blossom because in these brief moments where we where we get people all together it's the escapism it's we give people a safe place it's essentially like my personal beliefs are like um these venues these these grounds all these places where we get people together we are essentially making our our version of religion like these are these are our sanctuaries these are our safe places these are the places where we know we can get everyone together and it doesn't matter what you were feeling before you stepped in the door like you can leave all of that outside the door and while you're here and while we're all together we get to enjoy ourselves and you know it can you can go into somewhere and change your life in five minutes if you want if if like if like you're feeling that that low or that down you can go into somewhere like you know the first time i ever went into a proper rave so that's probably like within the first 30 seconds i was like that's it my life's changed now. yeah <laughs> like, do you know what i mean do you know what i mean that's it like everything that was before that's all gone that's changed like and and you know it, 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 it goes back to me wanting to underline gardener of gardener with we're 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 not here for a long time, but let's have a good time, man. Yeah. Like, let's let's have a good time. And regardless <laughs> of how bad we are feeling, like we've got this energy, we've got these people. So let's live. We're alive. There are so many people that aren't here. There are so many people that we've all lost. There's so many people that could have been here, but aren't, but we are. So what else should we do? Yeah. Amen to that. This is what this, uh, whole podcast series is about is celebrating those moments of togetherness and creativity and being able to make a positive contribution and to you know in everything that we do all of us involved in in this series so Gardner you mentioned before and I wanted to unpick at this a little bit about how your creative output how it evolves and changed over time. So it sounds like to me where you were at the beginning of your career is very clearly not where you are now. <laughs> um, so it's changed. So what inspires the change for you? Like when you're like, right, that's enough. I've had enough of this. I'm going to go to that one now. Um, I think I think generally like, you know, I draw, I draw influences of just stuff that I'm listening to at that coming time. And like, you know, things, things, things are evolving always and I always like love checking out new new styles of music as well and like I try and like adapt that into my own version of that always with the sounds you know um and I guess you know it's just it's a key it's keeping it fresh for me because 
if I was gonna, you know, stick around and write, you know, like like jungle tunes forever or reggae tunes yeah. forever, like it would it would become stale for me. And I, you know, feels like you're just repeating yourself and recycling, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. But um, yeah, like you know, just just drawing drawing for more influences. Like you know, I've never just solely liked one style of music. It's always been very broad and. Um, yeah, like, you know, it's just about like kind of picking which bits you want out of, you know, and where, where can you take the sound next? You know, I guess I've got like, uh, like a bass as such. And then, you know, you could just keep adding and adding and adding. Mm -hmm. and it's never ending really, you know, so yeah. It's like a work of art, isn't it really, I suppose? And you've got your palette of colours. Yeah, yeah you're exactly, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like, oh, I have a little bit of that, you know, and like, add a little bit of... <laughs> A little bit of blue or something, I don't know. Has <laughs> anything like that happened to you like re in like recent months? You're thinking, oh, like, oh, I really like this particular element. I want to try that and see how that goes. Well, yeah, like, I mean, we went we went down to like this studio in Devon for three days. It's Devon Analog Studio. And that's definitely like, it's definitely like the sounds that they have there. It's like loads of old, like, you know, analog synths and drum pads from the like, you know, from the early rave era and stuff like that. And like, you know, that's definitely what's like inspired the next batch of music which is coming out. It's like by just having all this like amazing like analog gear to work with and, you know, just two great producers and with Grad and, sorry, <laughs> Creed and Brad. He's going to hate it when he hears that. <laughs> Brad, I've just come up with a new nickname for them two, man. <laughs> Yes, Grad. I was born here. Well, I'm very excited that we had a small part to play in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, to, 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 um, just Gardner, when you're, um, when you're like, with what you've just said, and is it, is it because, not that, not that like we ever become masters of anything, because you know that's like to to, to master something that's like a whole different category, but isn't. Is it like that there's a little bit of a challenge? Like, oh, yeah. that's something that really interests me. That's different. That's a change from what I'm used to. So is it the challenge factor of like, oh my God, I really like that. I want to get down with it somehow and work work my angle on it. Yeah, nice. No, yeah, it's definitely, I wouldn't say like, some, some, like it is, I appreciate that it's a challenge as such, but like it's me just kind of just wanting to like, mm get stuck in and find out more about yeah. this scene or, or just be involved with it generally. Yeah. If I see something yeah. that I think's dope and I'm like, yeah, man, I want to fucking get involved but with that. Like, and to but, that's, but, but that sort of fuels the fire inside, isn't yeah. it? And it's like, it's not challenge. I think was the only word that I could yeah. find that was like, yeah. no, that I we see could understand. Mean, yeah. But like, you know, there's like, oh, I've heard a sound. I really like that. That's different. Yeah. I don't understand it fully, but I want to, but I want to try it. Like. Yeah, that's it. It's part yeah. of the evolution, isn't it? <laughs> you know, of, of exploring and not being afraid to try something a little bit different. And well, being I think you just said it there. It's, mm. it's, it's not being afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got to put our big boy pants on and just try <laughs> something different. Sorry. Big it, boy, big woman pants, man. Woman pants, pants are stronger than man pants, man. Don't even <laughs> flex like you don't recognise that. You're talking about man pants can't make no babies. <laughs> we can contribute, but they ain't they ain't they ain't that strong. Like, so I have been mean? watching Lizzo all morning, and she would literally yeah. kick my ass for not saying girl pants. There you go, and Inja yeah. never watched Lizzo this morning, but I'm giving you the Lizzo that you should be getting because Lizzo would have vexed with you for that. <laughs> Point noted. Point noted. <laughs> Well, I'm just noticing the time we're, we're, we're drawing in, we're drawing in, and I just want to make sure that we get 
got a few more questions here, but this has just been so lovely so far, just like um, chatting with you guys. So yeah. I want to share, want you to kind of share what your personal highs and lows of storytelling, if you have any kind of where it worked and where it didn't work. And Inja, that question's for you. God, where it didn't work, where it does oh, work. Oh, it did work. That's, that's like, yeah, that, um, I don't know. I don't know really, like, because I just, I just do. I exist, I am, I be, I just do. And I think sometimes the only reason why we think some things don't work is all down to timing. And, and it's something that I've definitely said in the past where you can't time timing. And sometimes we might do things for ourselves that were so advanced that only our future self can look back on it and understand it. Um, and and that doesn't mean that that just because you know people might not necessarily have got it at the time. Okay, so now I've done that with a little bit of waffle. Like, so she just want to dance, right? I wrote that, and no one understood it when I first wrote it, and no one wanted to back it when I first wrote it. Um, I eventually found myself in these offices at Huffington Post with um, a load of women who were in charge, which was the first time I'd been in a place where the bosses were women. And I was like, damn, women are running a show here. I wonder if they'd mind me reading them something. And I felt full on like a mansplainer. I was like, uh, ladies, um, I've got something I need to ask you or like read to you. And it was like on a proper mansplaining one and they were looking at me like, what does this man want to mansplain to us now? We're women, we run the show. Tuck in your penis, like young man. And I was like, no, no, it's all good. And I read it to them and they were the first ones that got it. And they understood it. And they were like, can we put it on our platform? And I was like, yeah, I've been trying to flip and get someone to just listen to this for ages. And they took it and they backed it. And from there, everyone else all of a sudden was like, oh, yeah, I like that. I'm like, fam, I showed you that years ago. Like, you, you didn't even batter an eyelid to it. Like, you know, and people like all of a sudden got onto it. So I think, you know, things might not necessarily work at one time, but that doesn't mean that they won't work. It might just be that the timing's off. Yeah, that's a really good observation. And have you experienced anything like that, Gardner, that, that you were like, oh, you know, either success in the storytelling, um, you know, that it, it just hit really well, or something that didn't quite work and, you know, you're still figuring out why? Um, I mean, like, I had a, I had a release, like, over, over lockdown. Well, we wrote, I wrote it at the very start of lockdown. It's the track I did with Mungo's Hi-Fi and Catching Cairo back in mm. the days. It was kind of like reminiscent of like, you know, like wanting, wanting to be um, like just wanting to be in the rave or just being in the rave. It's just kind of just like it's kind of like a nostalgic, nostalgic track. But like and I've, I've, it, it didn't get released like when I thought it was going to get released. It, it was like I thought it was going to come out during lockdown so everyone can have this kind of like this is a, like this is taking us back to like the kind of like Back back in the days where we used to go raving, remember that? But like, and so it, kitchen yeah, raves. Yeah, like, and yeah, literally. Like, I kind of wanted it to come out during lockdown, so everyone had something to like dance yeah. to or whatever at home. I don't know. Like, my audience can like you know have something for them. But um, 
yeah, like it actually just came out like uh, like when everything was opening back up. Like so, it was it was I guess it you know it it, it worked in that sense. But in my head, I thought you know this isn't going to work. Like everyone's back dancing now, so like you know it's not like raving back in the days. But it kind of did land as such because you know people kind of flipped it and they were like oh. Like they're raving like they were back yes, in they, they're like yes, they're back yes, to how yes. it was again. So yeah, you know, like so yeah, that's that's my that's my take on that. But Excellent. maybe yeah. in as interested, it maybe just came out the time and thing, it came out exactly when it was supposed to. It's like the soundtrack to people going, Oh my god, I can go out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no. like the, the, you know, that tune, which is wicked. So can when we're thinking about sharing storylines through music, helping to inspire others you know, sorry, let me rephrase that. How can sharing storylines through music inspire others? That's to you, Inja. Um, well, I think everything is subjective and it all, it all depends on how the individual is feeling upon listening and what environment they're in when listening and if they're in an appropriate environment to listen and actually take it all in. Because the thing is, when we make art, we, we, do, our in, we do art interpretation of the situation and it's it's then given to the world for, for for people to interpret it how they want and you know for someone to someone can turn around and be inspired off what you might personally think is the most least inspiring thing that you've ever done and it's just like mm. no nah, but how did you get that from that like but then that's down to that's where it's all subjective and it's all down to the person, it's, it's all down to personal interpretation of it. And, you know, I, I, can't, I can't sit on my chair and be like, well, you know, I write things to inspire people in this way. Mm. Um, I can only be grateful if anyone's been inspired by anything that I've written, because genuinely I'm putting my, my experiences, my life, my joys, my pains down just to remind people that if they feel any of them things that they're not the only one. So, you know, it's all, I think it's all down to the individual in these circumstances. Okay, thank you. And have you got anything to add there, Gardner? And that question in terms of um, how can sharing storylines through music inspire others? I mean, like, I guess, I guess, like, I always try and write, write tracks, like, from like it's 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 kind of like third person first person that kind mm. of thing you know so it's more like you know i'm never sure which one's which i always get confused but i always like try and write some like with when i'm saying like i i'm mm -hmm. talking about myself and then try and make some like com conversational i guess mm. so um it kind of tells like more of a story um and just yeah just trying to keep keep the balance of that um, and you know, some people, some like people relate to that however they want. As Inja said, like you know, it's some t some tracks you like, yeah, like that's definitely something that will like connect with a lot of people. Or some is just more personal. But um, yeah, like we always hope it lands with your audience either way. You know, so yeah. yeah, something that they can connect with. And you know, I, I imagine just how amazing it is that the the lyrics you have wrote being sang back to you, <laughs> you know, or being a refuge or solace 
to people at different times in their life and being able to create that form that people connect with. So with that in mind, and this is pretty much very nearly the last question, how can we inspire positive social and behavioural change through our narratives? So over to you, Inja, for this one. Um, very simple. Be the change that we want to see. We are the change. Yeah. It's down to us. Um, if you give the example, then people can see something different. Um, they can see what you might want the change to be. And if you're the example of that and people are into what you do, then, you know, be the change that you want to see. Thank you. And to you, Gardner, so same question. How can we inspire positive and social behaviour change through our narratives? I think like, you know, just gem generally just like being, being like a good, like, you know, representative of, you know, just being a good vibes ambassador and just yeah. push, pushing that kind of energy, you know, and just got to hope it, you know, comes back to you and yeah. somewhere along the line, you know, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's nice to be nice, isn't it, so. Yes, and it's so, <laughs> so much easier to be, you know, put out good vibes than it is. It takes a whole heap of effort to put out negative vibes, and I just can't be bothered with that. <laughs> Unless I really, really needed, which is like seldom. Um, I want to give you guys also an opportunity to, to share your socials on here as well. So where can people for, find out more about your music? Gardner. Uh, okay, so yeah, just at Gardner UK on everything, um, Insta, <laughs> wherever. I'm recently on TikTok as well now, oh so chuck me a follow on there if you like. <laughs> out for you? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, just dabbling, you know. <laughs> Doing any dance routines? Absolutely not. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know if this is like true, like, but one of the things that I read was the place where TikTok was invented. Like, if you if you go viral over there, it's not for doing stupid dances. It's for doing educational stuff and science stuff. Whereas over over this side of the world, where we all utilize TikTok, the thing that that goes like big is us all being stupid and idiots oh, which no. i find really interesting but you can catch me inja on all my socials at inja music everywhere <laughs> and we've got some releases coming out later on in the mm, spring you've got one just coming out yeah I'm, yeah i'm just currently just putting out the singles uh, for my album time and space which drops in june and there's a single and a music video a month up until then and a couple after Lovely, so yeah, very much looking forward to that. And any upcoming releases from you, Inja, in the next few months? Yeah, just just keep an eye out um, on on all of the places where you find new music because I've pretty much got like a single every like month to six weeks um, lined up. So yeah, um, so open up your ears, find them on the airwaves, lock in. Yes. Oh, I want to thank you both, Gardner and Inja, for taking the time out to talk to us here at Boontown Fair today. It's been brilliant. I um, want to wish you um, a beautiful afternoon and I will see you on a dance floor very, very soon, I'm sure. Oh, Cheers, Angel Mel. <laughs>
Nice one. Big up all the Boomtown crew. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, most importantly, big up the Boomtown crew, man. Jeez, we're back this year. Come on. <laughs> That's it. We'll can see I you in the summer. You, please, can you have me come perform this year? Please, 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 please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just James is just looking in, actually. Hey, you finished. Hey. See you later.